Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and welcome back to another episode. As per usual, we're kind of going to jump right in, sticking with the theme of design your character and some of the tools and supports that can help you with this process. If you are enjoying this way of approaching your life and designing your reality and playing around with your reality, then this is going to be another episode that's going to help you to step into that practice and to reflect on some of the ways that you may be closed off to this practice and start to open up to living your desired reality. In last week's episode, we talked about identifying and getting connected and clear on what it is that you desire, recognizing that this is actually something that doesn't come very naturally to many of us. It's easy for us to identify what it is that we don't want, but to reflect upon what it is that we do want can feel unnatural. And we may even have some programming and conditioning around what it means to desire and what it means to want something that is different from the current reality that you're living. So, of course, getting clear on what it is that you desire is an incredible place to start. Having clarity on your vision can help you to get there with a little bit more ease, sort of like using a GPS to program in your destination before embarking on a road trip. But if it were that easy, then all of us would probably be living in alignment with the life that we desire, with effortlessness and ease. And what really happens is when it comes to our desired reality, we're more than likely going to encounter resistance towards it, especially if it contradicts a long-held narrative or belief about yourself and the world. So what I talk about quite often and what I invite you to do within the design your character process is to conduct regular self audits to examine when you are experiencing this resistance and why that might be. So this episode is really going to help you with that process, learning how and why we come to resist our desired reality and how we can get back into a place of being in alignment and being in flow and allowing our desires to flow into our experience. Now, as always, I always add the caveat in these episodes that, of course, outside of yourself and outside of what you have the ability to influence and control, there will be other factors that play into the equation. And of course, we're playing with other characters and other external circumstances beyond our control. So really the focus of today is going to be what's within our control. For me, my desired reality looks quite different from what I've experienced and been exposed to thus far, and also what I've witnessed others experience. So in my direct life experience, 
I haven't had that many examples of people that have lived in the way that I want to live. I have a ton of programming in relation to my career and finances especially that over the last few years I've noticed will quite often close me off in different ways to my desired reality and I'll talk a little bit about what that actually looks like but I haven't allowed myself to fully validate what it is that I desire to believe that it's possible and then to actually allow myself to receive that into my experience and a lot of what I began to recognize was due to who was in the driver's seat or who was in control which is what we refer to on this podcast as my survival personality Now we'll get into exactly what that means in a minute, but for now I just want to introduce some of the language I'll be using in this episode. So I've talked before about how I like to visualize the process of designing my character as though I was playing the game Sims. So we're basically imagining that your reality is represented in a video game. Your ego is your character in the game, so your Sim. And your subconscious mind and all of your programming, your beliefs, narratives, thought patterns is the one controlling and playing the game. So the one behind the screen. And this is obviously oversimplifying. And if you don't like the way that I'm presenting it, you can think of it in your own way. But for the purposes of this episode, when you're experiencing resistance towards a certain aspect of your desired reality, we are going to kind of wrap that into your fear-based low self-worth programming that is in control of your game, which I mentioned we'll refer to as your survival personality. So it kind of hijacks the game and keeps us playing the same old game and character even when we really don't want to play anymore. The goal here is to start to step in as your authentic self to begin to reclaim control over the game and start to play it in the way that you desire, in a way that feels fun, expansive, exciting, new, fulfilling. Now, I will say that throughout the episode, I will interchange between referring to this process in the context of the game, but also interweaving real life examples. So I just want to share that so it's not confusing. So the first thing to unpack is who is this version of us and what is this programming that is running the game right now? So the survival personality and how did it get to the point of controlling the game and how is it that it remains in this position even when we're not enjoying the game and we want to change it up? In life, we have this internal knowing that there's a more expansive reality that awaits us, or we may even feel called down a different path. I know so many of you that DM me, that I talk to about this, know deep down that what you're doing is not what you want to be doing and you're feeling called to something else. I think it's important to start by acknowledging the fact that the patterns of thought, behavior, the internal narratives and beliefs that you have are not creating the reality that you desire to have. So in other words, having your survival personality in control of the game is not creating a game that you want to play. It may feel out of alignment, perhaps we feel held back by fear or we're stuck in cycles of self-doubt or self-sabotage. In other words, we're just sick of playing this game. At the same time, our survival personality clings on to a sense of certainty and sameness because it makes us feel safe to do so. It's kind of like going to a buffet and choosing the same food over and over again. Even if you don't 
like it and feel a longing to try other foods, the force of habit and sense of familiarity keeps you reaching for more of the same. This is why it can be difficult at first to expand beyond the narrow and limiting view and beliefs we have about ourselves in the world because it's in those beliefs we find a sense of safety and belonging, even if they're deeply embedded in our own suffering or trauma. We keep this version of ourselves in control because that version of what we've created might have been what we learned we needed to be in order to be loved, approved of, and accepted. So how does this version of us that feels so removed from a sense of authenticity and the ability to think and believe expansively come to be? What can happen is we can form our sense of self and our identity and our beliefs around the version of us that we feel is the best and the most safe way for us to survive in this world. The version of ourselves that will grant us the love, approval, and acceptance that we desire. We may have also witnessed this process through others. So for example, watching someone be scrutinized for a certain aspect of their being and then learning that it's unsafe to be this way and then suppressing that part of ourselves. The problem is, is that the trade-off that happens when we build this version of ourselves is it often requires us to abandon or negotiate some big part of ourselves away. So we're met in early life with spoken or even unspoken conditions or expectations from our caretakers and teachers and peers and societies that must be met in order for us to receive love and acceptance. For example, you may have been expected to be well-behaved, quiet, obedient, academically accomplished, and not ask too many questions in order to receive the love you desired from your caretakers or teachers. You may have had to play it cool, not to be childish, abandon your creative interests, wear certain clothes, or look a certain way to be accepted by your peers. So the feedback that we receive is when we make these trade-offs, we get the love, approval, and acceptance we desire, even when it requires abandoning ourselves in the process. So we form our identity around that version of ourselves because it works for us and provides us with safety, security, and survival in our early life. So it makes sense because we get the outcome that we want. But we have also slowly chipped away at many of the important aspects of ourselves, including our own ability to see ourselves outside of this version that we've created in order to get what we want. We then continue to uphold them, even in instances where it doesn't necessarily make sense when we're being presented with an opportunity to show our authentic selves because we've learned that this is what is required to get what we desire. If we don't start to question this version of ourselves, we carry these beliefs through life and this programming that we can't be ourselves in our relationships, that we aren't lovable if we aren't smart or well-behaved, that our authentic interests and hobbies are not worthy of our time, and we continue to remain stuck in these negotiation patterns. We can feel exhausted, depleted, disconnected, resentful, and empty with the life we've created because it requires being closed off to so many of the important aspects of ourselves, our self-expression, our curiosity, our passion, our playfulness, our expansive thinking. We feel that in order to maintain the life we've created, we can't like what we like, be with who we want to be with, express ourselves, 
go down the career path that we desire. Now, the important thing to consider here and ask ourselves is, is the reality I created as I negotiated away some or all of the important parts of myself the reality I want to live? Is this a game I want to play? Do I like this character? What I found, for example, was that the friendships I had that I built upon this negotiation didn't have much depth and required me to play a character I no longer wanted to play. The job I had was making me miserable and anxious and depressed. The thing with the survival personality is it wants and thinks everything has to be the same. It associates the unknown with danger or it can associate the unknown with danger. So it keeps us in this holding pattern of not being able to see beyond the experience that we've had so far. If we've had a hard time making friends, we'll always have a hard time making friends. If we've hated our jobs, we'll always hate our jobs. Our survival personality's job isn't to help us expand and see all of the opportunities that lie beyond our own limited image of ourselves and our own programming. Its job is to keep this version in place because again, That's what it learned it needed to do to keep us safe. So what does it mean to begin to release some of that control and take this version of ourselves out of the position of power and out of the position to be controlling the way that our game is shaping out and controlling the way that our reality is shaping out? In this case, what we'll refer to as transferring the control to our authentic self or our authentic personality so that we can have fun and play around and be intentional with the direction of our lives rather than simply trying to shield ourselves from every experience that we don't want to have. So other ways that people refer to this part of ourselves is the higher self, the inner being, the creative self, For the purpose of this episode, I'm giving it the name of the authentic self or authentic personality, but I really don't like to define it and give it a name because it implies that it's one finite thing. I like to think of it more so as the part or the aspects of ourselves that are tapped into the infinite, knowing, intuitive, curious, creative, expansive aspects of ourselves. Basically everything that the survival personality is not. If the survival personality are the clouds, the authentic self is the sun. It's always there. We just need to peel back the layers to access it. And the more we peel back the layers, the stronger the sun is able to shine. So the more we can uninstall these faulty fear-based programs, the more smoothly the system runs. And the less resistance we feel to getting what it is that we desire and living the life that we desire and playing the game that we want to play. We are then in a position to reconnect with the knowing that we are okay as we are. We can cultivate the experience we desire from within and we don't need to abandon ourselves to do so. With a version of ourselves that feels worthy of experiencing pleasure, joy, contentment, is curious, creates its own rules, programs, and codes. So being able to infuse our reality with 
new, more expansive lessons and programs from the ones that you may have inherited or that you may have learned through life experience that are no longer feeling like they resonate or like they align with the direction that you're wanting to go in. So taking a step back and just being able to consider what your narratives towards what it is that you desire are activating. Are they activating you being unable to move in that direction because of fear or because of some other limiting belief that you have about yourself in the world or are they activating the version of reality where you're able to move forward and expand and evolve and I was listening to this podcast and she presented the host presented a really interesting way of thinking about this so if you could imagine ordering something online being expanded and open to your desire and your desired reality is kind of like just clicking the button and that thing being ordered and then it being shipped to you with ease. Whereas on the other hand, the way that we quite often operate where we're stuck in patterns of self-sabotage, self-doubt, old programming, old narratives is like clicking on the order button and then a hundred different pop-ups coming up and kind of causing you to be distracted or causing you to become frustrated and just kind of giving up on that whole process altogether because there's too much in the way of you actually being able to click order and fulfill that order, I guess, or fulfill that desire. So having all of this programming in the way and in the example I just shared, all of these pop-ups and bugs and error codes, having those in the way makes it really difficult for us to actually be able to receive what it is that we're calling in and to experience our desired reality. All of the thought patterns and habits and decisions that are causing resistance and mental, emotional, and physical tension particularly in relation to what it is that we desire. So let's say, for example, you have a desire for a certain career path. All of these thought patterns and behaviors and habits and decisions and ways of being that are rooted in the belief that it's not possible for you to live in that way because you can't possibly be successful and you haven't seen enough examples of other people who have done it that way and it's unfamiliar and it's unsafe. All of that is going to actually make it quite hard for you to start to gain momentum towards that desire that you have for yourself. And what I find really interesting is quite often we lean into the narrative that if something has been a certain way, that it's always going to be that way for us. But when it comes to, for example, collective suffering and patterns of oppression we recognize that saying this is the way it's always been isn't good enough it doesn't apply anymore so just being able to recognize when we do that to ourselves and when we operate from a space of saying this is the way it's always been and this is the way it's always going to be being able to identify the things that are bringing you discomfort and making you continue to feel out of alignment and being able to allow yourself and give yourself permission to perhaps shift away from some of those things. Going back to what I said at the beginning of the episode, this process is about learning to release control when we notice that it's our survival personality who is controlling the game and being able to transfer that over to our authentic self, to our authentic personality. So you now may be wondering, what does that actually look like and how can we begin to do this? Because the more we can get our authentic self 
running the game, the more we can start to see our reality shift towards what it is that we desire and to do so with a little bit more ease and a little bit less resistance. The reality is, is that our survival personality, if we find ourselves in this position, may have been in control for most of our lives. So it's not just a matter of shoving them out of the way. It creates more resistance in my opinion to approach things in this way and that part of ourself will usually just be waiting to regain control and waiting to come back at the slightest signs of things going wrong ready to say I told you so. So my approach and my attitude for what we can do to move forward is to actually address why you are closed off to your desired reality what aspects of it feel unsafe and why you feel unworthy of it or why you feel guilt or shame towards it to validate perhaps for the first time why a certain aspect of your desired reality feels unsafe to give yourself then from there what you need to in order to feel safe moving forward to build up the confidence to safely navigate the situations you have been avoiding And to recognize also that the way that you may have been trying, and I'm speaking solely for myself here, the way that you've been trying to keep yourself safe isn't always what's best for you. And you can open up to new, more supportive ways of being. Just because we adapted to an early life experience in such a way that got us what we wanted, it doesn't mean that that adaptation and that way of being is going to be what's most most supportive to us now and to the context of what we're living in now and the reality that we're trying to create. Using a personal example, many of you know if you listen to this podcast that I suffered from debilitating anxiety and panic attacks daily for three plus years. And when I was going through this, my way of adapting was to avoid any and all situations that I thought would trigger the panic because that's what I thought was best. That's what how I knew to protect myself was to avoid and what that created was a very narrow and isolated reality for me rather than actually building the emotional regulation to be able to navigate panic-inducing environments. So in other words, my survival personality, the version of me that was telling me the best way to navigate this was to avoid these environments was running the show. I was also feeling like I would never feel well again, that I would be safe if I just kept myself small and avoidant. And this way of living for me became very limited, limited, as I mentioned, and I wasn't able to see myself moving beyond that version of reality. I had desires to do different things, to put myself out there in different ways, but I had this part of me that was in such a position of control that told me if I did that, I would be completely unsafe and that my whole life would unravel and that my mental health would suffer as a result. It took me a while to look at this part of myself deeply, to stop ignoring that this was the way that I was operating, and to just give myself a bit of validation to ask myself, What am I actually scared of? Why do I feel unsafe in this position? And to get a little bit more specific, my panic was rooted in being in public spaces that I didn't have an easy way to escape from and feeling like I was going to faint. In other words, lose control of my body. And 
Why was I scared of this? At the root of it for me was the fear of public humiliation, being out of control, having to ask for help. I stepped out of the version of myself that told me that the best way to move forward was to avoid these situations and into the version of myself that saw my fears, validated them, almost held the hand of my fears, and came up with a plan to move forward, move through them. Being able to speak directly to this part of myself, in other words, externalizing this inner voice, imagining that I was speaking to a child and just saying, I know that you're scared, but let's see what tools we can rely on to feel safe in this experience. Or I know that you're scared, but what is it that you're fearing would happen? What is the worst thing? Would you still be okay if that happened? So being able to step outside of the paralyzing fear and welcome the support, solutions, and guidance of the authentic self, almost like that of a loving parent. Because I do believe that we embody all of these archetypes from that wounded part of ourselves that has adapted in such a way to keep us safe to, on the other side of the spectrum, the wise, loving, compassionate, understanding, and confident inner self that can help us to move forward. So being able to lean into that version of us and to be able to embody it in order to walk ourselves through whatever it is that we're fearing. And by the way, this doesn't necessarily always have to be an internal experience. If we can validate that we're having this difficulty and validate that this version of ourselves is very often in control, we can then we're then in a position to be able to ask for support and ask for help and receive the support that we need to be able to move through some of these patterns. What can then happen is your survival personality can begin to feel more comfortable releasing some of the control because it sees and recognizes that you aren't going to abandon yourself and that you are prioritizing your safety. It sees that you do in fact have access to ways of being that don't require the past patterns of avoidance that you've clung to, just being able to slowly hand over bit by bit aspects of your reality, aspects of your game to the authentic self and feeling safe and supported in doing so, and then seeing what happens. And again, it's not like we do this once and never have to worry about it again. We can notice when our survival comes back in and is in control of the game because this is bound to happen when we encounter things that trigger us or that cause us to feel fear again. And asking ourselves what we need to heal in the situation in order to allow our authentic self to step back in. And by the way, we'll probably still continue, as I mentioned, to be invited by our environment to fall back into old programming, into old ways of being. We'll continue to hear the messaging about needing to be, for example, as physically attractive as possible to be desirable, that you must trade away your happiness to be financially stable. But now with this new filtration system that we've created in this new process of checking in with ourselves, rather than internalizing immediately and kind of downloading these narratives that we're receiving, we have the option to filter through what's coming in and process it and 
not always allow it to influence the way that we shape our identity. As an example of this, I made the conscious choice at some point in my life, and I talk about this very frequently, so this won't be news to you if you regularly listen to this podcast. I made the conscious choice a few years ago to begin to shift my attitude and my relationship with my career. I realized that I was operating from the place of survival and lack and I really wasn't allowing myself to think expansively, to think creatively, to imagine myself in a position where I was happy and content and fulfilled and excited to do what it was that I was doing 40 hours a week, to be able to see myself in a position of being worthy of that. Once I started to consciously shift away from that, it's not like all of a sudden I fell into this version of myself that 100% of the time believes that the most expansive career is available to me and that it's all going to be aligned all of the time and that I have access to this abundance all of the time and that I'm able to effortlessly step into what it is that I desire in relation to my career. It's not like that is always the case. I find myself more and more operating from this space, but it's been an iterative process of learning to slowly relinquish the control that I had from the place of survival and from the place of fear and lack to be able to relinquish that, release it, and to be able to open up to a new, more expansive way of being. But ever since I've started doing this, it doesn't mean that I don't continue to encounter people and things in my environment that make me question the validity of what I desire, that make me feel like it's not possible, that I have conversations with and I am put right back into the position of feeling shame or feeling guilt or feeling unworthy of my desired reality in relation to my career. But instead of kind of being hypnotized in a way back into this place that I spent so long in, I can notice this process beginning to happen. I can feel the control creeping in from again, the survival personality, I can sense that they're starting to be the one in control of playing the game and I can look at it and I can start to kind of pause and create space and not allow myself to gain momentum in that direction and for things to start playing out in that way. It can actually feel quite normal and natural to be back in that place of survival personality and to be operating from our fear-based programming and lack-based programming because we spent so long in it. And so that's why I think it's important to regularly check in with ourselves and check in with where we stand in relation to what it is that we desire. This is why I really like the self-audit practice within the Design Your Character template, which essentially invites us to reflect upon again, where we stand energetically in relation to what it is that we desire. So is there any part of us that feels closed off or unsafe or unworthy of our desired reality? Does it feel reasonably attainable to us or is our mind's reaction to immediately shut down because it feels too far out of reach? And just being able to check in 
regularly, see where we stand, and see where the energy of our thoughts and our beliefs and our narratives, what reality that is activating for us. So I think I'll leave it at that for today. A lot to kind of reflect upon and consider. I will invite you, if you haven't already, to explore the Design Your Character Notion template because this process of being able to self-audit and check in and reflect on why you may be closed off to a certain aspect of your desired reality is included within the template and it's something that I invite you within this process to do regularly. It's something that's really helped and supported me and has helped me to recontextualize and reframe fears that I've carried with me for most of my life that have led me to avoid experiences that are, I would argue, necessary to my expansion and necessary to me being able to experience my desired reality. So I hope that you can experience the same for yourself. I know that I jumped back and forth between using the language of life as kind of a game. I like to think of it in the context of Sims, but you can have your own metaphor for how you like to reflect on life. There are so many different options to choose from or not use a metaphor at all, whatever works for you. So hopefully you are able to find a piece of wisdom, a piece of insight, a piece of something to take away and reflect on within this episode. I hope that you enjoyed and thank you as always for being here. Thank you for listening. You are deeply, deeply appreciated. Here is to creating our desired reality and that's it for this week. I will see you next week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.